the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Wednesday morning. We're so glad to have you with us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Johnny Abair. Hey, guys. Good, good morning. morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. It's a bit chilly this morning. Yeah. Waking up. Uh, uh, yeah. Frost. <laughs> frost on the pumpkin, as they say. <laughs> we are uh, remembering some some North American saints today, some men who gave their lives and as they tried to minister to uh, some of the Indians in the early days of settlement. So let's call on Saints John de Brebeuf and Isaac Jogues and some eight, eight companions and all. So let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O God, who chose to manifest the blessed hope of your eternal kingdom by the toil of Saints John de Brebeuf, Isaac Jogues, and their companions, and by the shedding of their blood, graciously grant that through their intercession the faith of Christians may be strengthened day to day. We pray this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. St. John de Brebeuf, Isaac Jogues, pray for us. Pray for us. Pray for us. We have a great show for you today, but first of all, I want to say we are live on our YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com and just search in Catholic Community Radio. Hit that subscribe button and that bell so you can get notifications every time we go live or publish a video. Also, join us for the Patriotic Rosary daily at 1230 through Election Day. Very important. I love the Patriotic Rosary, uh, so definitely tune in on Catholic Community Radio for that. Starting off with Johnny Abair. Johnny, always looking forward to your gospel reflection. That'll be in just a few moments. In 18 minutes, Father Carter Griffin joins us. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of Washington, and he's going to talk about his book called Forming Fathers, Seminary Wisdom for Every Priest. So this could be a good gift for maybe your local pastor, uh, you know, parochial vicar, any priest that you may know. So uh, definitely stay tuned for Father Griffin's interview. In 35 minutes, Claudia McAdam joins us. She's a Catholic author, and I cannot wait for this interview because she's going to tell us how it was to be an extra in The Chosen uh, Season 3, which, you guys, the trailer came out just a few hours ago. I think it was yesterday or the day before. I cannot wait. I have been waiting for season three for so long. So we're going to talk to Claudia on how that was. Uh, Such a great series. So stay tuned for that. And in 48 minutes, Kristen Van Uden joins us, author spokesperson for Sophia Institute Press. She's going to be talking about the book called Frequent Confession, Its Place in the Spiritual Life. So Alicia is so important and a great show today. Looking forward to it. Yes, it is. Well, 
as we said earlier, it is chilly outside. Uh, you can expect clear skies and cooler temperatures it will remain it with the highs of uh, 60. So we'll be in the 60s today. The National Weather Service in New Orleans has issued a freeze warning for portions of southeast Louisiana and southeast and southern Mississippi. That's until 9 a.m. this morning. I didn't see any uh, frost or freezing on my uh, very short commute here to the station this morning, but you should be cautious. Um, those temperatures, they were uh, predicting sub-freezing temperatures as low as 30 degrees in those areas. So just remember frost and freeze condition can uh, damage sensitive vegetation and possibly damage uh, your plumbing. So be careful and uh, be aware of that. You know, it might be summer in a couple days later, but it, but it's uh, good to remember <laughs> remember what we need yeah. to do when it's cold here in southwest uh, Louisiana and along the Gulf Coast. In New Orleans and Luling, it is partly cloudy and 50 degrees this morning in Baton Rouge. 36, Ponchatoula 34, and 39 in Biloxi. Uh, stay tuned for the gospel. It's five minutes after the hour on Wake Up. Lord Wellington Investments is owned by Greg Kennedy, CPA, a longtime friend and supporter of Catholic Community Radio. Lord Wellington Investment serves all of your investment, financial, and tax needs in South Louisiana. From 401k rollovers to financial and tax planning, it's Lord Wellington Investments. Greg Kennedy says, invite others to join you in listening to Catholic Community Radio. Lord Wellington Investments, 225-292-5118. This is Chef John Falls inviting you to think outside of the box at White Oak Estate and Gardens. Meet in our gardens or under the outdoor pavilion where delicious food is commonplace. Strategize adjacent to a trickling stream while enjoying breakfast or lunch. Oh yes, we do parties and weddings, but we'd love to earn your weekly business too. White Oak Estate and Gardens, 751-1882, located on George O'Neill Road, right next to Cypress Springs Mercedarian Prayer Center. True Blue Water is a proud supporter of Catholic Community Radio. True Blue Water serves East and West Baton Rouge, Livingston, Ascension, and Iberville parishes, delivering artesian, fluoride, and filtered water to your home or work. Remember the spelling of True Blue, T-R-U-B-L-U-E, True Blue Water. For information, visit True Blue Water online at T-R-U-B-L-U-E-Water.com or 225-313-1299. I'm Ian Malosan with River Road Coffees. We're proud to support Catholic community radio across the Gulf South. Our coffee wakes up the staff every morning and keeps them going throughout the day so they can deliver the freshest Catholic content and news to you. You'll also find us at many Catholic community radio events. River Road Coffees at your local grocer or visit riverroadcoffees.com for home delivery. Today's Gospel is taken from Luke chapter 12. Jesus said to his disciples, Be sure of this, if the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect the Son of Man will come. Then Peter said, Lord, is this parable meant for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, Who then is the faithful and prudent steward whom the master will put in charge of his servants to distribute the food allowance at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master on arrival finds doing so. 
Truly I say to you, he will put him in charge of all his property. But if that servant says to himself, My master is delayed in coming, and begins to beat the men servants and the maid servants, and to eat and drink and get drunk, then that servant's master will come on an unexpected day and at an unknown hour, and will punish the servant severely, and assign him a place with the unfaithful. That servant who knew his master's will, but did not make preparations nor act in accord with his will, shall be beaten severely. And the servant who was ignorant of his master's will, but acted in a way deserving of a severe beating, shall be beaten only lightly. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. Thank you, Father Chris Decker. Well, guys, you know, one of the ways we know that the gospel accounts are real is that the disciples don't even attempt to make themselves ever look good. And, uh, <laughs> and Peter's example here is when he kind of raises his hand and he says, hey, Jesus, you're not talking about us now, are you on this one? You know, uh, but seriously, you know, in all fairness, you know, there are several parables leading up to this point, most of them dealing with how to live with that mixture of joy in the moment, but yet constant readiness especially for what's to come, you know, two states of mind, joy in the moment with an eye to the sky, in a sense, you know. Uh, seems to be contradictory, but our Lord's the master psychologist. He knows exactly what it means for us to be fully happy. And, you know, as he was trying to tell, looking back on those parables, I couldn't help but think back on the parable of the uh, prodigal son and the faithful father, and, and just imagining that father waiting and waiting for days, weeks, maybe even years, who knows. But then I thought, what if, uh, or imagine myself, you know, or ourselves, that if the father were to come to us and say, look, I've got to do some important business to keep this farm going, would you take over watching for me? You know, so imagine he comes to you and he asks you that. And, you, of course, you really respect this father, and you want to and you want to be the one to see the son come, and you want to please the father. And so you have to go and, and uh, take, take care of that and watch for him in, for that return, and hopefully you're the one who spots him. And so hopefully, you know, you never fall asleep. Hopefully you never get angry, start believing maybe that son never existed even, kind of talking about modern thought in a way, you know. But there's more to it even than that. You know, you'd be called to make sure that an imposter doesn't somehow sneak in, a thief rather than a son. You'd be expected to protect the farm still, all those living in the house, especially at night. Uh, so you'd have to know the enemy. You'd have to know their tactics, their faces, their lies. And you'd have to stay in shape in all of every form or fashion, mentally, physically, spiritually particularly. And you would have to really know the mind of the Father and somehow stay in touch with the Father at all times. And, uh, to be, and also to be in tune with the brother who's kind of left at the farm with others that you're tending it with. Well... So that just kind of puts you in a frame of mind. Uh, that that's our situation. But unlike the prodigal son, you know, we know the Son of God is going to return. We know what kind of celebration that's going to be, because He rose from the dead and He tells us this, and we know Him now because of the presence of the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit that beats within us, and that He's looking for us just as much as we're looking for Him. And that every moment of every day, we need to see him there. And that's a promise that just beats within our hearts. So I kind of thought about that. You know, I, I, re I had read a story about a, a volunteer at a hospital in New Guinea. And this was an older man who would read gospel passages to the patients, you know, in the hospital. 
very faithful man. And one day, the the doctor that was there, you know, he kind of noticed the older man was having trouble reading. And so he said, hey, let me check your eyes. And, and to his sh- shock of both, he said he was, the man was starting to actually lose his sight. He was going to be going blind very shortly. And so uh, for, for a number of days, the older man did not show up to volunteer at the hospital. And the doctor kind of got worried about the man. So he goes to his house and he finds that the man, he's, he says, what are you there and in the house? And he says, what, do you, what have you been doing? He said, I've been memorizing the gospel passages every single one. So, oh, I, wow. so I close my, I turn off the lights after I try and memorize it so I could say it again, such that so I can come, continue to come to the hospital and tell all these patients about Jesus. You know, and, and that's a beautiful, uh, true story there. It's a beautiful symbol of tr- what it really means to be ready. So I have to ask myself, you know, and we have to ask ourselves, how do we know that we're ready? You know, and those few good few marks the Lord gave us would, would include this, I believe. Number one, have we gone to confession lately? Uh, hopefully in the last month. I mean, we won't hear the knock of the master if his sin's blocking in our ears, right? And are we living out the gospel with our lives, with our actions, uh, in our families, our businesses, are we speaking the truth in love that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and not being afraid of the consequences, living out the gospel in, uh, in everything we do and everything we say? And here's a big one, too. Are we really people of joy, you know, living in the moment, trusting in God uh, for whatever may come, like, like this story of the man in New Guinea? And are we using all of our talents and gifts that we have for the glory of God, not for our glory, but for his glory, our knowledge of our faith to inspire and lead others to Christ? Because if we've been, as the Lord says, we've been given much and much is expected. So anyway, I, you know, I had to be honest with myself and fall short on a number of those challenges. But here's the deal. Uh, Jesus, uh, you know, his expectations of, of us are exactly what you would expect for, for lovers, you know, which we need to say to one another. And the Lord says to us today, I laid down my life for you. I love you and you are mine. And I am coming back for you. And I want you to be with me. So be ready. Be joyful. Be watchful. Be faithful. Could be at any moment. Uh, could be today. So powerful uh, gospel story today, right, guys? Absolutely. You're right, Johnny. That's a wonderful. Yeah, thing for most you. definitely. Yeah. Yep. It's a good reminder for us. And um, I love that you talked about going to confession because we're going to hear more about it at the end of the show from Kristen Van Uden um, about about frequent confession. So that's a great yeah. thing for today. <laughs> Yeah, and even related to that, uh, stay with us. You know, here's a question. How do priests, deacons, and other types of spiritual fathers keep the fire and continue to grow in holiness? So Father Carter Griffin's going to join us next with his book, Forming Fathers, Seminary Wisdom for Every Priest. It's half past the hour on Wake Up. Create a place for prayer in your home with Corda Candles. Inspired by St. Michael, Our Lady of Guadalupe, and more. These Catholic candles are handcrafted with all-natural coconut wax and have custom scents connected to saints and the faith. Bring the light of the saints to your domestic church. Visit CordaCandles.com. C-O-R-D-A Candles.com. 
Catholic Art and Gifts, 6184 Florida Boulevard, is a proud sponsor of Catholic Community Radio. Catholic Art and Gifts has sacramental items as well as supplies for church and clergy. Catholic Art and Gifts also stocks the latest books from Catholic authors, plus icons and gifts for all occasions. You will always receive a warm, heartfelt welcome from the staff. Catholic Art and Gifts, 6184 Florida Boulevard, 225-926-1216, on the web at zieglers.com. Did you know Woman's New Life Clinic offers free abortion pill reversal? I'm Allison Millette, CEO of Woman's New Life Clinic. We offer free services for women in unplanned pregnancies, including pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, professional counseling, and abortion pill reversal, as well as low-cost women's health care. Please support women in need at womansnewlife.com slash donate. What does it take to become a St. Michael High Warrior? Sixth, seventh, and eighth grade prospective students and their families are invited to find out during the St. Michael the Archangel High School Open House. Wednesday, October 26th from 4 to 7 p.m. Come discover the difference in Catholic education and why you should join the St. Michael family. Reserve your tour now at smhsbr.org. That's smhsbr.org. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for October 19th. Today we celebrate Saints Isaac Jogues and John de Brebeuf and Companions. Today's saints were the first martyrs on the North American continent. Each one answered the call to preach the gospel among the Huron Indians in the New World. Their faith and heroism planted belief in Christ's cross deep in our land. In 1636, Jesuit fathers Isaac Jogues, John de Brebeuf, and their companions arrived in Quebec from France. Given the existing intertribal rivalries and uniform hostility toward Christians, the missionaries were immediately at risk. Between the years 1642 and 1649, all were captured, tortured, and put to death. Following his initial capture and escape, Father Jogues briefly returned to France, where he was welcomed as a hero but his zeal led him back once more to preach the gospel among the Hurons. John de Brebeuf was expelled for a time when the English captured Quebec, but he returned four years later. During his 24 years in Canada, he composed catechisms and a dictionary in Huron and received 7,000 converts into the church. The eight Jesuit martyrs of North America were canonized in 1930. Today, they are honored by shrines in upstate New York and in Ontario, Canada. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Well, and it is 18 past the hour on a chilly Wednesday morning. Ah, what a relief from the heat. Feels good. Uh, and uh, we have been talking about uh, being ready, being prepared. And so it's so appropriate with our next guest. Uh, and if you are looking then for a really good Christmas gift to give your favorite priest, deacon, or or your dad, or the father of your children, you might have a, I think we have a solution for you. We're joined now with Father Carter Griffin, a priest in the Archdiocese of Washington, with his book, Forming Fathers, Seminary Wisdom for Every Priest. Good morning, Father Griffin. Good morning, Johnny. Thank you for having me on. Oh, you bet. You bet. You know, I don't know if there's many books uh, uh, like this. Uh, maybe there is, but uh, could you share with us, Father, you know, how did this idea or this inspiration for the book come to be? 
Well, um, there are a few other books that are kind of of a similar nature, which is, you know, kind of seminary talks that are intended for seminarians or for priests, um, and even, as you said earlier, for, 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 for fathers and dads, uh, husbands. Um, but this one in particular came about because I did a book on celibacy a few years ago, and it was uh, kind of making the argument that celibacy in the priesthood is really more about becoming spiritual fathers. It's not so much giving up marriage as it is living a different kind of marriage and a different kind of fatherhood. And um, so this was kind of the follow-up to that, and it's uh, basically 21, 22 talks uh, that I give. That I, I mean, I've been at the, in seminary formation now in, in my 12th year, and so this is just a collection of some of those talks with the idea of hopefully giving a, a little taste of what seminary formation is like. Um, maybe it could be helpful for other seminarians or other priests, um, but also, as, 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 as I said earlier, maybe also drawing some of the lessons of seminary formation and pulling them into a way that might be digestible and uh, for those uh, who are not in seminary formation, who are, who are natural fathers and, and husbands. Oh, wonderful. Okay. So I was thinking about this, Father, that, you know, one would think no matter, you know, how good a seminary is or the formation process is, you know, there's so many pressures, distractions, and even the business side, you know, of being a pastor, being a priest, uh, it has got to be overwhelming. Uh, and some of those lessons that the in the seminary may turn to uh, fade a bit over time. So w- what do you find are when you when you're giving these talks are the most central uh, and most helpful, I guess, things that, that they learn to rekindle those desires that they had when they were first called? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think one of the things that um, try to instill in them is, is this kind of determination to always allow themselves to fall in love again, you know, and, and, and that's very much like a like a, like a natural husband and father, and uh, who, by the way, is also a spiritual husband and father. I always, you know, point that out, too. Like, we're, you know, priests are not the only spiritual fathers out there. <laughs> Every Catholic man is supposed to be a spiritual father. But that idea of, like, I have to constantly fall in love with my bride again, you know, and to, and to realize that there are going to be seasons where it's a little bit harder to do that uh, for whatever reason and other seasons where it's going to be easy. But that intention of it, it's not just a one-and-done kind of thing. You know, I kind of, you, you date a girl, you ask her to marry her, and then, like, that's it. You don't have to worry about, you know, falling in love again. Well, you do, over and over again. And so that's one thing. I think another thing is that formation is never done. Uh, and, and I would love to have this impressed upon the mind, not only of the seminarians and priests, but also of, of every Catholic, really, that, you know, that our, just because we've, you know, gone through confirmation, you know, formation or something, a CCD, and then people will, you know, get two, three, you know, two, three, you know, advanced degrees, and still their faith is at the level of a 12-year-old. Um, and so, like, this idea that the seminarian and the priest needs to be constantly, you know, engaging in his own uh, human formation, spiritual formation, pastoral formation. Uh, and I think those would be t- at least two of the two of the areas. And I think another thing maybe just to point out would be the use of uh, some of the, the first third of the book is all about not just being a Christian or, or spiritual father, but just being a man. And I think a lot of these human lessons, things like, you know, putting good order into our lives and how to make friendships and living chastity well and all these things that are just about being a good Christian man, um, I think are, are, are essential. Kind of These are the building blocks. These are the foundation stones. And to try to continue to go back to those over and over again, I think is helpful. Yeah, I would imagine there's just some things you just can't learn in the seminary. It's just things you have to learn over time. I mean, but do That's you have, uh, you know, when you when you are talking to older priests or even, uh, uh, are there some things that you hear themes saying, I wish I would have known this, or I wish I could have had more formation about that. Uh, are, are, are there things that you hear that would might be helpful in your mind? 
Yeah, you know, it's it's um, I I know that there's st- uh, still an impression out there among folks who don't know Catholic seminaries today, at least in our country, uh, that I think they're still seeing them through the lens of of some of the struggles seminaries were going through a, a generation ago. Because I honestly think that we're living through kind of a golden age of seminary formation. Um, and I think a lot of that is due to St. John Paul II, who, you know, left us that the kind of Magna Carta <laughs> of seminary formation. And that's now where th- it's 30 years ago, the 1992, uh, Pastores del Bovobis, I will give you shepherds. And it was just revolutionary. And from that point to the present, I think, again, in our country, there has been a steady uh, improvement o- year upon year. And so I think... When I talk to the older guys, and, and a number of older priests have, re- have read this book, for instance, or just talk to seminary formators in this or other seminaries, um, they, they just say, well, I didn't, you know, it's not so much I didn't receive this or that. A lot of them will say, like, I didn't receive any of this. You know, I just, I didn't mm. receive the formation that I needed in prayer, in chastity, in, you know, study, and, I mean, so many different areas of life. Obviously, many of them have become exceptional priests and holy priests, um, but it was, in many, many cases, it was despite not because of their seminary formation. So I don't know if there would be like a single thing so much as it is kind of the overall thing and kind of everything, you know, to a, to a large extent. Wow. Uh, and that's, uh, that's very humbling for me to hear that. And, and it's also, I think, helpful for these young men to know that, that they are receiving, and not from me personally, I don't mean that, but just from the seminary culture today, so much more than, than their, grand, you know, their, grand, their grandfather, so to speak, in the priesthood did. Well, it does, does sound like a lot of overlap, even for just us us men. You know, so we, we are talking with uh, Father Carter Griffin on the book "Forming Fathers: Seminary Wisdom for Every Priest." I was just real curious, Fa- Father, is this common to have uh, like 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 the talks you give, or having uh, priests priests with a lot of experience coming in and talking to seminaries? Is this common at the other seminaries, or, or, or should yeah. it, it seems like it should be? Yep, it is. Every seminary will have formation talks. And, and, you know, I mean, obviously I and the other faculty priests will will give a lot of the talks, but we also have guests guests come in. We have religious sisters come in. We have lay people come in. Um, We have, you know, professors come in sometimes. But for the most part, you know, we have priests who give guys, um, you know, lessons from their own experience in the priesthood and their own reflections. Um, but yeah, every seminary will have formation, a formation program built into its, uh, it, its, into its calendar, and usually it'll, it'll consist of at least one major talk a week, uh, and then maybe some follow-up discussion, but sometimes it's, it's, it's even more than that. Wow. So, so Father, I, I want to flip it, flip this a little bit, and ask you, what, when you do talk to the, the, these priests after some time, uh, what do you... Do they say they wish they had more of from us, from us lay people? I mean, how could we best help them in their ministry, uh, and particularly these areas that they might struggle with, you know, and help them in their role as spiritual fathers? What do you hear? Well, I think there's a beautiful opportunity for um, a kind of a mutual reinforcement among married men and celibate uh, priests. I think each of them offer lessons and encouragement and strength for the other. So one thing I would encourage, you know, in these uh, men's groups that are becoming increasingly popular in many Catholic parishes, um, for the men to consider that not just an opportunity for the priest to kind of share his wisdom or experience with them, but also vice versa, that this becomes an opportunity for each of them to encourage the other uh, in their in their vocations, which are so essential for each other. I once had a priest tell me that, you know, celibacy is the backbone of Catholic marriage, which I think it took me a while to unpack that, but I really believe it's true. And, and obviously marriage in its own way is indispensable to Catholic celibacy. So learning those lessons, I think that might be one, one certainly one area. Um, 
I mean, the, the Catholic people are often so good to their priests. You know, I once heard it said that it was like, it's almost like God's love. Like, he loves us before, before we even exist. You know, before the priest even shows up, the people are ready to love their priest. Um, and that's so often the case. But it can also be the case that people can be awfully hard on their priests. You know, like when priests, you know, comes out of Mass and they're, and they're sort of complaining about whatever's going on in the church or something, you know, the, the, the music system doesn't work right or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. And, but with an intensity that sometimes can be a little discouraging for priests. So, I mean, while many lay people are just so good and so loving and, and, and encouraging to their priests, you know, and it's true, we priests are the servants of the people of God. And so in some ways, I almost find that encouraging that people feel like they can talk to us like that sometimes. Right, but at right. the same time, it could be kind of tough, you know, and so that kind of that sort of that gentleness, that patience, that mercy that you want to receive from the priest, also showing that towards him, you know, in some, t- some of the, the day-to-day life of the parish. But people are so good, you know, and I think just continuing to pray, sacrifice, and encourage their priest as best they can. And I think you mentioned it a little earlier, but again, I, hopefully, would you, uh, it does sound like there's a lot of wisdom here for us in, uh, as well, Father. So, so it might be a great Christmas present to give, but, but please tell us where, uh, Father Griffin, we can get a, uh, a copy of this book in, uh, in time to, to maybe do so. Well, thanks, Jenny. Yeah, well, the, the book is available in all the different, you know, major online booksellers. Um, I encourage people to go to St. Paul's Center or Emmaus Road Publishing, which is part of St. Paul Center, to purchase it uh, directly from the publisher. Always helpful. Um, but I'm so grateful for the opportunity to talk to you, and, and hopefully the book will do some good for folks. Oh, it sounds like it's a, a great resource with that kind of wisdom. It's just, how, how do you put a price on something like that, those mm-hmm. lessons learned? Well, thank you for getting up so early with us, Father, <laughs> and, and bless you. Could you give us a blessing, please? I'd be delighted to, John. May the blessing of Almighty God descend upon you and your loved ones, all of our listeners and their loved ones today. And always, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Appreciate that. God bless you. Bye-bye. Well, most of you are fans of the show, The Chosen, modern series on Jesus' life and ministry. What would it be like, though, to be an extra in an episode? (laughs) Well, Claudia McAdam is going to join us to tell us exactly that, her experience. So stay with us. She'll be with us right after the break. It is now half past the hour. I'll wake up. Here's a CC Radio Did You Know. Want to keep up with us on Twitter? Just follow us at LA Catholic Radio. That's at LA Catholic Radio to receive our tweets. Also visit our website 24-7 at ccradio.live. This is Chef John Falls inviting you to think outside of the box at White Oak Estate and Gardens. Meet now our gardens are under the outdoor pavilion where delicious food is commonplace. Strategize adjacent to a trickling stream while enjoying breakfast or lunch. Oh yes, we do parties and weddings, but we'd love to earn your weekly business too. White Oak Estate and Gardens, 751-1882, located on George O'Neill Road, right next to Cypress Springs Mercedarian Prayer Center. Hi, y'all. I'm Chef John Falls, a longtime supporter of Catholic Community Radio. I'm inviting the guys to Catholic Man Night, Wednesday, November the 2nd. I'm recruiting good Catholic men to join the Fraternity of the Leaf for just $250. The fraternity will meet at 5 p.m. and entitles you to cigars, pre-dinner libations, a private tour of White Oak Estate and Gardens, plus a sampling of liquor from my own distillery. Or for $125, enjoy a strolling buffet of hors d'oeuvres, seafood, and wild game. 
Plus, you'll hear from LSU legendary baseball coach Paul Maneri as our special guest speaker. Reservations are going fast, y'all, so book yours now at ccradio.live. Sponsor a priest or bring a friend. Just buy your reservations for Catholic Man Night on Wednesday, November the 2nd. Do it now at ccradio.live. Presented by Olind Group. Hi, I'm Father Matthew Dunn. Join me for the Baton Rouge Youth March for Life Benefit Dinner and Silent Auction or Pro Vita Divine Mercy, Wednesday, November 16th at St. Michael High School. This inspirational night raises scholarships for youth and religious to attend the March for Life in Washington, D.C. This year's keynote speaker is abortion survivor Dustin Bertrand. So join us for the Pro Vita Divine Mercy Dinner. For tickets, visit youthmarchforlife.org. Create a place for prayer in your home with Corda Candles. Inspired by St. Michael, Our Lady of Guadalupe, and more. These Catholic candles are handcrafted with all-natural coconut wax and have custom scents connected to saints and the faith. Bring the light of the saints to your domestic church. Visit CordaCandles.com. C-O-R-D-A Candles.com. A soiree of art and beauty. Come and appreciate the beautiful, faith-inspiring works of local Catholic artists from all across South Louisiana. You'll enjoy a delicious dinner and drinks while listening to live music by local classical musicians. Plus, there'll be a sacred art auction and much more. A soiree of art and beauty, Thursday, November 3rd, from 6.30 to 9 p.m. at Notre Dame Seminary. Presented by the St. Louis Nine Art Society. For more information about sponsorships and tickets, go to sl9art.com. Come join the St. Louis Nine Art Society for their inaugural fundraiser, A Soiree of Art and Beauty, Thursday, November 3rd at Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans. This year's guest of honor is Archbishop Gregory Amond. That's sl9art.com. Lord Wellington Investments is owned by Greg Kennedy, CPA, a longtime friend and supporter of Catholic Community Radio. Lord Wellington Investments serves all of your investment, financial, and tax needs in South Louisiana. From 401k rollovers to financial and tax planning, it's Lord Wellington Investments. Greg Kennedy says, invite others to join you in listening to Catholic Community Radio. Lord Wellington Investments, 225-292-5118. If you're looking for that special and unique gift, be it rosaries, statues, handcrafted art, or jewelry, stop by the Shepherd Staff Gift Shop at Sister Dulcie's Ministry, located on the grounds of Cypress Springs Mercedarian Prayer Center, 17560 George O'Neill Road. Remember, when you shop at the Shepherd Staff Gift Shop, you're shopping with a purpose. Shepherd Staff Gift Shop is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Here's a CC Radio Did You Know. Does your church want to spread the word about an upcoming event? Go to our website and click on Events and News. Then click Submit Your Event at ccradio.live. It is 35 past the hour. Thanks for tuning in to Wake Up. So glad that you're with us this morning. Hope you're staying warm out there. Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Johnny Bear, 
Our next guest is Claudia McAdams. She's joined us on Wake Up Before. She's a Catholic author. And today she's going to talk about how it was to be an extra in the series The Chosen, which is one of my favorites. I've talked about it so many times on The Morning Show. Hey, Claudia, good morning. Thanks for being with us. Good morning, Gabby. Love to be with you guys. Okay, I'm so excited to talk about this. Not only is it perfect timing because season three trailer just came out a couple of days ago and I just looked a couple of seconds before the break and it already has over 1.2 million views on YouTube, number six in trending. Uh, It's absolutely incredible. So I know we're not the only ones who love this series. Uh, Tell us how it was to be an extra in The Chosen. Uh, Kind of take us through that and what episode are you in? That I am in the feeding of the 5,000, which will be in episodes seven and eight of the upcoming third season of The Chosen. And so my husband and I and our two oldest grandchildren had the opportunity to travel to Midlothian, Texas, where they uh, film the series and appear <laughs> as little, little grains of sand on a massive beach. <laughs> We're part of the 5,000 or more that were that were there for, to be extras in that particular uh, episode. Okay, so how was the filming experience like? Um, I heard from extras that it was super cold, and you know, just take us through that day and how filming was like. You know, the the feeding of the five thousand was a very very hot uh, day. The really sermon on the the sermon on the mount, which ended season two. That was a freezing cold day. The people who were extras in that, it was brutal. The feeding of the 5,000 was filmed in June in Texas in a record-setting heat wave with high humidity. So it it was brutally hot. So we we either have really cold or really hot. And um, the the experience itself, though, was fabulous. And in fact, it wasn't just 5,000 people who were part of this filming There were 12,000 people who came from all 50 states and 36 foreign countries to be extras in these two episodes that are going to cover the feeding of the 5,000. We were divided up into groups, so there's not all 12,000 of us at once. There's (laughs) four to 5,000 at a time and different filming sessions. Our family filmed from 2.30 in the afternoon till 8 o'clock at night on one day, just in one, one spot and... None of us got up and went to the bathroom or anything. I don't know how, but <laughs> it was, we, you know, we had to make our own costumes. They had to be first century appropriate. So you're wearing head wow. coverings and long robes, and it was it was toasty. But we could, between scenes, we could pull out our umbrellas and pop them up and give ourselves a little bit of shade and pull out water bottles. And then when they were ready to do another take, they would say, okay, everybody put your umbrellas down. And everybody would pack everything up and stick it under their blankets and... Off we went. It was a terrific experience, though nothing like you could ever imagine being able to do. That's amazing. Tell our listeners, for those who don't know what The Chosen is or haven't really watched it before, uh, what is it about uh, and, and, and how you fell in love with it? Right. The Chosen is the first ever multi-season television drama about the life of Jesus and his apostles. And they, two seasons have aired. It's expected to run seven seasons, which is a perfectly biblical number, the, the number <laughs> of the covenant. It, why not seven? And it's produced completely outside of the Hollywood system. 
It's independently funded and absolutely free to watch. So the way it's funded is people who watch it and love it do what's called pay it forward. It's not a donation or a contribution or tax deductible or anything like that. It's just you love it, you give money to see that the production costs are covered so that other people, and that means tens of millions of people around the world are able to watch this program. It's in, I think, over 100 countries and um, subtitled in, not, not only subtitled, but dubbed in dozens of languages already. It's, it's an amazing production and the quality is excellent. And yeah. one of the best parts for me is that the man who plays Jesus, Jonathan Rumi, is a devout Catholic. And mm-hmm. I think that he brings a lot of that to mm-hmm. his role. This is a, not a Catholic production. It's produced by evangelical Protestants. But it is, he is so faithful to our Lord Jesus. A couple of things. He, during our filming session, took time to break character and thank all of us for being there and explained how he thought his presence as playing Jesus was really a miracle in his life. It's an opportunity that came about at a very low point in his life. And, and he gave everybody wow. there a lot of hope that miracles are possible in your life. At the end of the second day of filming, um, it was at night when they said cut for the final time, he said to the crowd, I would love to be able to pray the Our Father with you in Aramaic. Would that be okay? And everybody's like, yes. Wow. And before he <laughs> began the prayer, he started by blessing himself with the sign of the cross. Wow. What a beautiful testimony to his Catholic mm-hmm. faith. So um, it was, he makes the series, but the other actors are fabulous as well. And the production values are, are excellent. So I, I highly recommend people give it a try if they haven't, because like I said, it's free to watch. Just go to thechosen.tv and find out how you can watch it on your television, on your laptop, on your uh, iPad or iPhone or whatever. It, you can watch it in a multiple amount of ways. I'm so glad that you said that, Claudia, because... I have seen so many um, Christian shows or movies that are just so cheesy, and this one is not it. I'm very picky with what I'm watching just because of how it's depicted or how it's the actors are portraying certain things, but this really makes you feel like you're living the Gospels as they're being told. It's absolutely incredible how it's being produced. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I mean, thank goodness we don't have a white-skinned, blue-eyed Jesus. You know what I mean? It's, it, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. The actors look like mm-hmm. what Jesus and the apostles yeah. would have looked like. Very ethnic-looking, beautiful um, portrayal of the people who lived and walked with Jesus. It's incredible. And, and when you talk about the authenticity, I mean, it's very Ignatian in, in its production, uh, I don't think the Protestants knew that when they went were going about doing it, but St. Ignatius always told us to imagine yourself as part of the gospel that you're reading, the scene. You know, what do you hear and see and taste and smell and touch? Get yourself into the story, and you really do that with The Chosen. And Jonathan Rumi, in a, an interview with Scott Hahn, I heard him say that he thinks the success of the series is that because they pay attention to detail in Scripture— and that's aided yeah. by the Ignatian approach to spirituality, where you imagine what would it have been like if dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Claudia McAdam, Catholic author and extra in The Chosen, will be looking out for you <laughs> as the episodes air. Of course, there's a lot of people in that episode. Uh, but where can we go to find <laughs> out more information about you and your various books as well? And I've also written an article on my website, 
that people can read about this experience. With, and I posted the videos that I've alluded to, Jonathan Rumi addressing the crowd, oh, at ClaudiaMcAdam.com. Oh, so ClaudiaMcAdam, M-C-A-D-A-M.com. And in addition to the chosen experience, there's information about my, my kids' books for you know children and young adults that are all faith-based books, most of them. And uh, it's, it's a great way for me to infuse in my work my love for the Lord is to be able to experience more, more awesome. personally what it might have been like to be there. Wow. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Claudia, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Thank you all. God bless you and all your listeners. You do a wonderful job. Uh. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely check this out. So if you have a smart TV, you can actually download the app, the Angel Studios app, and watch all the episodes for free. I know Amazon Prime has season one on there, uh, but you can definitely download the chosen app. That's probably the easiest way on your smartphone and watch on there. There's so many different ways. They've made it so compatible for any device. So definitely check that out. Um, Have you guys seen any episodes of The Chosen? I have just seen oh, a yeah, couple of episodes, right. but I've got to catch up. Got to catch up. It's It really yeah. is refreshing, mm-hmm. you know, definitely. Awesome. It's wonderful. Definitely check that out. Um, but it's so good to uh, have Claudia with us today to tell us how it was to be an extra in The Chosen. Kristen Van Uden joins us when we come back from the break. It is 45 past the hour on Wake Up. More than 150 years, St. Vincent de Paul has served the capital city, caring for the poor, feeding the hungry, and housing moms and children. St. Vincent de Paul accepts donations of cars, trucks, and SUVs, motorhomes and campers, even motorcycles and boats. Proceeds benefit the poor and homeless, served by the Bishop Ott Shelter, the St. Vincent de Paul Dining Room, Pharmacy, and Miriam's House. St. Vincent de Paul, 225-383-7837. Catholic Community Radio invites you to pray for the priests in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. This week, join us in praying for Father Matthew Dunn, Father Leonard Krauss, Father Matt Lorraine, and Father Patrick Healy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the gift of our priests. Through them, we experience your presence in the sacraments. Help our priests to be strong in their vocation and set their souls on fire with love for your people. Grant them the wisdom, understanding, and strength they need to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Give them the words they need to spread the gospel. Allow them to experience joy in their ministry and help them to become instruments of your divine grace. We ask this through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns as our eternal priest. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Halloween is right around the corner, and the Heavenly Donut now has spooky Halloween king cakes made fresh daily. These Halloween king cakes are great to boo your child's teacher, your business associates, friends, and family. The Heavenly Donut spooky Halloween king cake comes in plain, Bavarian cream, cinnamon, and chocolate. Remember, there's boo and kolache trays, too, that will put a smile on any witch's face. The Heavenly Donut, I-10 and Highland Road, Baton Rouge. Are you having an issue with ants, roaches, or any other bugs? Have you experienced untrained technicians that show up and don't kill bugs? 
What if there were a company that provided highly trained technicians known as bug-killing ninjas? Wouldn't it be nice to hire a company that has a guarantee, provides the first service free, and supports Catholic charities? Bug Ninja is the answer. 225-414-2020 or at bugninjapestcontrol.com. Bug Ninja guarantees to take care of your bug issues. So if you're ready for a bug-free home or business, it's Bug Ninja. Highly trained ninjas in the art of killing bugs. For a free one-time service, it's bugninjapestcontrol.com or 225-414-2020. Bug Ninja serves New Orleans, the North Shore, and Baton Rouge. So for a free one-time service, it's bugninjapestcontrol.com or 225-414-2020. morning. It's 12 minutes before the hour on Wake Up. I'm Alicia Quibido with Gabby Smith and Johnny Bear. We're so glad you're with us this morning. Joining us is Kristen Van Uden. She is an author spokesperson for Sophia Institute Press. Good morning, Kristen. Good morning, Alicia. Thanks for having me back. Well, it's wonderful. We'd love to have you on to talk about these uh, wonderful books. This one is Frequent Confession, Its Place in the Spiritual Life. It's written by a Benedictine priest and theology professor. Uh, Tell us more about the author, about Father Benedict, um, before we dive into the book. So today's author is Father Benedict Bauer, as you said, a Benedictine German And he was, as you have mentioned, a theologian and a theology professor. So he wrote a lot of uh, sort of intellectual works and was also able to reach a more popular audience. And so later we have, in a couple months, one of his more theological books being published called Light of the World, which is his most popular work. And today we're discussing one that was written more for a common audience for the laity called Frequent Confessions. So he had obviously a lot of experience with um, not only as a priest, hearing confessions, but also teaching about the matter and form of the sacrament to his theology students and to his seminary students. So he had both sides of the confessional really well understood, oh, sure. and he really encapsulates that in this book. That's wonderful. Now, was this book, um, when was it first published? It was first published in 1922. Okay. So Yep, just 100 years ago, exactly. Okay, okay, wonderful, wonderful. Well, I love that you're sharing this book with us today. It seems like so many uh, Catholics, there, there's a uh, concern about going to confession, not necessarily about confessing sin, but how do I do it? What do I say when I mm-hmm. walk in the door? That really, that that form um, of actually making a good confession. And now does uh, Father Bauer cover that in his book? Yes. So you're right. I think a lot of people are intimidated by sort of the free form, um, not knowing exactly how to start and all Mm -hmm. of that. So he gives us, he really breaks it down to the the method and and, uh, order of how things go in confession and then what all of the composite parts mean and then the graces to be gained. So a simple overview is obviously start with, bless me, Father, for I have sinned, and then give the period of time since your last confession. Mm-hmm. Um, and then name your sins in number and kind. Yes. So that is important. Um, interesting fact that listeners might not know from that I had seen in the book is that um, there are many ways that venial sins can be forgiven outside of confession. So okay. they can enact contrition, 
crossing yourself with holy water. Confession is only technically required for mortal sins, Mm -hmm. but there's so many graces to be gained from going to confession, even for venial sins. And that's what he's really getting to with the title frequent confession. He makes sure to tell us at the beginning that he's not referring to those who keep falling into mortal sin. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> that that right. is a situation you want to get yourself out of as soon as possible because that, um, you know, falling back into mortal sin so frequently is, is just obviously not good. And, right. Um, and when, when we're talking about the, the structure of confession itself, um, one important thing to remember is that part of the matter of the sacrament is the penitent's contrition. Mm-hmm. And so this is one of the sacraments that requires our actual participation. So the sacrament could be invalid if the person does not have contrition, if they're just going through the motions and saying, eh, I'll go to confession, but I don't really mean it. Oh, so that yes. intention is very important. So that's why he emphasizes making a very good examination of conscience before you go into the confessional to make that process of naming your sins a little bit easier, not only for not forgetting what you've done, but making sure that that intention is really there. Yes. I, so Father Bauer also, he talks about uh, your conscience being holy. Can you expand on that? Yes. So the conscience is a very important, <clears throat> obviously, component of, of bringing us to the confessional and then making a good confession. Mm-hmm. Um, John Henry Newman calls the conscience, the aboriginal law. So what he means is that even if we haven't intellectually or formally studied the law of God, our conscience knows it implicitly. Mm. It tells us what is God's law because he has placed it there and he's written that onto our soul. And so a well-formed conscience is a very powerful tool that can help guide us to heaven. But Father Bauer also emphasizes that the conscience can be warped through sin. And so when people have I think it's called something like precedence of conscience was this error going around in his day. And definitely today is very relativistic mindset of, Oh, this is my truth and yes. this feels right for me. So it must be right for you. And it must not be a problem at all. Mm. And he, he condemns that idea and says, obviously this person has a, not a well-formed conscience if they're justifying sin. So oh, okay. he, he makes sure that you have to, you have to trust your conscience, but also, if it's going against the law of the church or the advice of a confessor, then there probably is some sort of disconnect and sure. you might have to root out that sin before your conscience can really be fully speaking again. Wow. Wow. Uh, he talks about also uh, getting to the root cause of that sin. It, it seems like uh, often, and we hear this uh, often on Catholic radio, when people call in on different shows, uh, say, talking about going back to confession for the same sin gossip or, or whatever it may be. And, and so uh, Father Bauer talks about how to get to that root cause of the sin, which I think is a, is a wonderful, wonderful piece to this book. He does. So he promotes what's called the particular examine, which I think we talked about on this program yes, a couple months we did. ago. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> so this book pairs really nicely with our other book, Rooting Out Hidden Faults, which is very much focused on the particular examine. So it's nice to see another priest uh, promoting this devotion where you, just as a reminder, you make an examination of conscience not based on only the Ten Commandments, but also the seven deadly sins. Yeah. So you're looking at how you behave in life, and sometimes these manifest almost with personality traits instead of definitely like identifiable or confessable sins. 
So yeah. anger is one that just kind of simmers under the surface of a lot of people. They're seen as very short-tempered or mm-hmm. um, irritable, but it could truly be that that is their root sin that's causing them to fall into other sins. Yes. So he wow. says that especially for people who, I mean, we're not we're called to do more than the bare minimum, right? So mm-hmm. just, just staying out of mortal sin is not enough. And Father talks us through how we should be seeking to really reach Christian perfection. And so... The, the desire to really have humility and to look in the mirror and figure out what this predominant fault is and then confess, you can confess not only the, um, the times when that has led you to sin, but also the, the defect itself even mm-hmm. and let the graces wash over it to help you root it out. Wow. It sounds like a wonderful book for everyone, for for uh, all all Catholics. Uh, Kristen Van Uden, author, spokesperson for Sophia Institute Press. Let our listeners know where we can find a copy of Frequent Confession, Its Place in the Spiritual Life by Father Benedict Bauer. The best place is directly at our website, which is sophiainstitute.com. Wonderful. sophiainstitute.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Kristen. We look forward to visiting with you another time. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, that sounds like a wonderful book. I love that you know it was, yeah. it was first published in the twenties, and our faith is just <laughs> so amazing. Everything is still relevant, right? Confession is still oh, confession, yeah, a sacrament bet. given to us by our Savior. So beautiful. Yeah, these root mm-hmm. these root causes. Oh man, yes. that's uh, powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the relativism yeah. even even then. Wow. Right. Right. Well, let's go out in prayer. We do okay. pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, in this past hour, we've heard much about how to remain faithful, watchful, and inspired. Help us to continue forming our consciences, gaining in love and virtue, having the mind of Christ, and staying close to your sacred heart. We trust that you will give us everything we need to become the people you have chosen to bring the full light of truth and charity to the world. So as we go forth this day, help us to see your face in every person we meet and to bring glory to your name in all that we do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Thank you so much for being with us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. We have Sister Marjorie Aber, David Dawson Jr., and so many more. Have a wonderful Wednesday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Radio.